a Shishkin Productions podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Ask Not Me Anything podcast. And today is the season two finale, and we have a very special show because this is the first time our guest is not a human. I'm sitting down with my dream podcast guest, the show's very first fluffy four-legged guest, Maxine the Fluffy Corgi, as well as Maxine's dad, Brian. Maxine is one of New York City's favorite dogs, always on the go through the city, often on Brian's back, so if you're ever making your way around the city, keep an eye out for a fluffy corgi. It might just be Maxine. This should be one hell of a finale, and I couldn't be more excited, so without further ado, let's get into it. Look, we've been doing the show for a while, and Wandering Barman... Wandering Barman? They are one of our premier sponsors. They're a sponsor? Yeah, they're the best. They make the most delicious cocktails and the pre-made... Wait, pre-made cocktails? I can just drink it? I don't have to make a cocktail? That's right, but it gets even better. They just opened their cocktail brasserie here in Brooklyn. That sounds fancy. It's pretty fancy, but it's also mad affordable. Their happy hour from 5 to 7, $5 cocktails. So if you want an old-fashioned, guess how much it is? Uh, $5? If you want a margarita, guess how much it is? Mm, $5. And if you want a Diet Pepsi... I don't think they have those. They don't have those, unfortunately. Aww. But you should check out Wandering Barman's Cocktail Brasserie at 315 Meserol Street in Brooklyn. Go for happy hour, 5 to 7. They're open every day. Wandering Barman, woo! Brian, Maxine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming through. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so this is Brian speaking, uh, Maxine's father. And then you could see, you could hear Maxine in the background playing with this toy that... She just got. It's yeah, a, it's a, it was a very cute toy. It's a little cup of marshmallows that thank makes. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> makes the sound of a of a duck. <laughs> so it, it'll be cute for the next five seconds, and then it's really going to get annoying. Yeah. So Maxine will be ch- ch- chiming in throughout the pod, but for the most part, we'll be talking to Brian. And yeah. let's just start it off. Brian, tell me the story of you and Maxine. Where did it all start? Uh, it started with uh, my wife and I wanted a dog. Uh, so it was back in, <laughs> God, that noise is so annoying. She's getting excited. She, yeah. She's, you know, she's getting really into it. So my <laughs> wife and I wanted a dog for a long time. And then, um, you know, we were looking around at different breeders cause we wanted a, a Corgi. Um, and it was right before our wedding in like 2014. We were like, okay, we're going to do it. And we're, this is going to be our wedding gift to each other. We're going to get a dog. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was it, right after our wedding, uh, which was in 2015, we got Maxine. Maxine came at the beginning of 2016. Very cool. And you mentioned you're both codependent on each other. Uh, yeah, I, I think Maxine and I now have codependency issues, uh, <laughs> you know, because when I got her, I had, um, so I went to film school at NYU, graduated, and I was working in advertising at the time because that's, um, you know, you got to make money doing something. So I was working in advertising alongside trying to, you know, make a movie. And um, I worked at an agency called Mother and then an agency. I know Mother. Yeah. Who's honestly, it's like uh, one of the best creative boot camps was working at Mother from 2009 to 2012. Um, you know, it was smaller as boutique. Mm-hmm. They were doing really incredible work. Um, and, and some of the best work that, that I got to work on, um, so the guys that run mother, these two guys, these iconic creatives in advertising called the Swedes, um, Paul Malmstrom, Linus Carlson. And, you know, they did things 
a very unique way. Um, and I was the recipient of how they ran that agency because I was an intern. So they would drop down projects to, you know, some of the editors and the interns to like, oh, go just make this thing. We have an idea. So 2009, you know, I'm on the street interviewing people, how they feel about like, uh, you know, there's a new exotic meat shop coming to New York that sells like panda meat, you know, and we had to go interview people about that. And they made little videos and they just put them online. Um, it wasn't client facing work. Uh, it, it was some of the best creative years of my life uh, and really kind of set the tone for me for what came afterwards, because really everywhere else I worked um, never really hit that bar. So uh, I worked at other agencies. And then around 2012, I left to become a freelance. No, actually, it was 20. What year was it? 2012, you said you left Mother. 2012, so. I left Mother, went to Deutsch, and then I had gotten the opportunity uh, to direct my first feature film. Oh, what? Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, so I left to go do that. We did that for two months in Mississippi. Um, it, it was, you know, 23 when I wrote and directed it. Uh, it was pretty light fare, you know. Um, it premiered at South by Southwest. Uh, Oscilloscope bought it, played in theaters. That was really fucking cool. It was a wild experience. Um, and then right after that, I had an opportunity to join a production company called Green Card Pictures as a director. So I left the agency side. I talked to my wife, uh, who is, what year is this? Jeez, I'm getting so lost on all my timelines. So is this before Maxine? This was before Maxine. I left to direct. BM or AM? Yeah, yeah, BM. (laughs) This is BM. Uh, And we had a discussion and said, listen, are you okay if I do this to just go freelance, which is, um, you know, no steady income anymore. Um, and, and she was really cool with it for, for a long time. And we gave it a shot. And I remember I was at the production company. Uh, I went there every day just to like, feel like I was doing something. Um, and I remember telling another director, Oh my, you know, my wife and I are going to get a dog. And this was, I was working on my second script to try and do another movie. Cause that was just the track I was on. And I remember him saying like, why, why would you, why would you do that? Why would you invite this distraction while you're writing a script for a movie like you should be working on treatments you should be doing this but i just listened to him um and just didn't paid it I, I didn't pay it any attention i didn't even think about it like if i should or should not be doing this so we got it's, max- a, it's, a, it's a valid point to bring up it's a big responsibility oh really, bring it totally totally valid life, point there's, especially in new york there are so many things that uh we didn't think about before right. getting a dog which i think if if you think about everything that's going to change before you get a dog you're not going to get a dog I, I tell that to people who who are like, you know, constantly going back and forth about should I get a dog? And, and these are just let me be clear. These are close friends. Right. Um, if anybody else is thinking about getting a dog, I I can't help you make that decision. But when close friends, when I know it's you know, it's going to be tough, but you can do it. It's you know, you can think it into the ground. Um, so I would, you know, had to figure out a way to bring her with me because we couldn't afford like, I'm not going to get a dog and then stick her in daycare for, like, eight hours a day. Right. That just... Uh, Defeats the purpose. For it, it, Pretty much everything I say for, like, the next hour or however long this thing is, <laughs> I, let me just give the caveat now. That's what worked for us. That's what worked for right, me. Right, right. Uh, I don't want anybody out there who's a pet parent or who's a prospective pet parent to think that there's... To think that there's one right way to do things. Uh, there... What? See, I told you she would start whining. She wants attention because, yeah. you know. We, so, we could bring her up on one of these seats if she wants a mic. Let me, let me just get her. <laughs> Come here. Here, fuck, fuck. She's, She's a play. fast pup. Yeah. All right. Let me just. Come here, fuck. Come on. Look. 
So Maxine just jumped on Brian's lap, and now we're getting back into it. Yeah, she's she whines if I don't <laughs> have like a hand on her at all times. So uh, okay, back to the disclaimer. <laughs> this is this is what worked for us because uh, what I've learned for doing this over the past six years is that every dog is different, every pet parent is different. Um, there's no one size fits all. Everybody's going to do things differently. There's no wrong way. There's no right way. So. I'll talk about all the things that we did and yeah. how it worked for me. Cool. So when we got our dog, I was in a situation where I could bring Maxine to an office. So I would bring her to and from the office on the subway were, from were the commuting from Brooklyn to Manhattan type of situation. We were on the Upper West Side at the time. Okay. So we would go up and down the one train. So when I got Maxine, we got a tote bag and then she got bigger and it was too much weight to carry on one side of my body. Um, so, uh, I found this backpack in like this random store, uh, and I actually, I stopped using it cause it was so difficult to use. Um, I, I it was a week and I was like, this isn't going to work. And then somebody else at the office was like, oh, just stick with it. And I stuck with it. Uh, and you know, I would start recording people's reactions and, and people would go nuts. They would go nuts. Like before they had coffee on their way to work, they would go nuts, exhausted after work. So over the next few years, it just as as influencers became a thing, you know, that's when it really started to take off. And I remember I was at another agency because I had to go back to the agency life. Yeah, just jumping uh, from agency to agency type of thing. So I went, I wasn't making money, not doing as much work mm-hmm. as obviously I needed to do to support myself, to support uh, my wife, even though obviously she can very comfortably support herself, but it just wasn't working. So I went back to work at an agency and I remember getting a DM in my phone. Somebody said, and this is on Maxine's Instagram account, oh, you should put a compilation together of all the, the clips you're recording because I would record over my shoulder at everybody's reactions. It was going up the, uh, the long staircase at the High Street subway station. Yep. So every time I would ride it up and down, I would film over my shoulder and you would <laughs> see people going up and down you know, That's during awesome. rush hour like having these reactions. And this was, this was what year would you say? I would say this was late... 2016 early 2017 cool in my in my head i don't know if this is true but in my head 2017 was like the year that influencers really took off yeah and just for fun you were just you know during your commute you were had your phone recording of people's reactions over your shoulder yeah when they when they see maxine yeah corgi had, in a backpack yeah and, and when, you know the the agency where i was there were i went to the interview with maxine because it was like she had maybe ten thousand instagram followers at the time which in mm-hmm. my head is like I was gobsmacked, that, so I, I had to keep it going. Um, and it wasn't like to to do anything. It, it was just like a creative outlet. I was like, oh, there's an audience. They seem to like what we're doing. Um, I would post videos on her Instagram. I would go on Reddit to just like, it was almost like a game to see if I could, how many views we could get. You know, right. there it wasn't like, we weren't getting paid for anything. Yeah. Um, nor did I ever think it would turn into anything. So, uh God, how, what was the question? It was like, when did this start? Now I'm talking about all this random well, how did, shit. You, uh, when did you start the Instagram account? What even inspired you to start that? We got it. We, you know, we just, just like thought it was a dog funny. parent does. They just usually make an Instagram account. Well, for now, dog now it's very commonplace. Right. But at the time, it was like, you know, I, I love taking photos. It's like how I cut my teeth, like making films and photos. And it was just a creative outlet. Yeah. So we made the account. And it was right after Mad Max Fury Road came out. Ah. And I remember that movie vividly because 
we were going to the movies a lot at the time. I remember we saw the movie in IMAX when it came out. There's like, there are incredible theaters in on IMAX. the Upper West Side. Yeah. Was it in IMAX? Maybe the first time it was it in IMAX? It would be fitting if it was in IMAX. I actually don't remember. The only time I remember is because I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever done this before. Uh, for my brothers, my older brother, he lived in Brooklyn at the time with his wife and kids. Um, for his birthday, I said, you know, because he didn't go to the movies, I said, please let me take you to see this movie. Let me buy your ticket to see this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a lawyer, so he doesn't get out to the movies a lot. So I remember I took him to the movie, and the second time I saw this movie, I was like, I know this sounds really weird, but there's a sequence that, like, made me tear up because knowing, you know, having a film background and knowing how movies are made, there was something about this movie that the way it was, you know, you could tell all the stunts were real. You could tell that they had built these cars. The craftsmanship was, I, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, and with Junkie XL's score that he did, it was like, it was a fucking mind-blowing experience. Yeah. Um, and my wife loved it too. So we just thought it'd be funny. Mad Max Fury Road, or, you know, Mad Max Fluffy Road. So right, right, right. that's when we named the account, just, you know, whatever. And we, for a long time, all of our captions were only movie quotes. <laughs> that was like for, it was like for five years. Yeah. Four or five years. And so, then, and then it became more, more of a thing, more serious. You took, you started taking the account more seriously. Um, that? I don't know. I don't know if I would put, I, I never take it seriously. It was just like, I, I just kind of was listening uh-huh. more and just started like behaving differently. You know, like, we're, you know, communicating with strangers and your DMs is when you start to do it, it's kind of an odd experience because I've never thought of myself as, what's the right word? I don't, I don't know. We never really took it that seriously. It was just like a fun thing to do. Right. I mean, I'm just saying like with any creator that I've talked to slash from my experience, like the more eyeballs you start to get on your page, the, it changes. It's like a little, becomes a little bit more, I yeah. mean, it's great because there's more opportunities and more people are watching what you're doing, but yeah. also a little stressful, a little scary. Cause it's a different experience. Yeah. I think we started, so I started taking it more seriously. I think, um, during the pandemic, we we shot up during the pandemic because I started making more content because we were home. Mm-hmm. And I saw a Vogue article that was like, follow these seven accounts to like for like a tranquil experience. Yeah. It was like the Calm app and then Maxine. <laughs> That's when That's... I think I started notching it up a little bit because right. it, it started, you know, we got messages. We get messages all the time about how how much Maxine means to them or, you know, how they have a bad day and like seeing her videos ma- makes them happy. And, and obviously that means a lot, but there's something that happened during the pandemic that it felt like, um, there was something people needed. And I, and I never felt like it was just like, Oh, so here's, here, here's cute videos. Here's right. this, you know, it all felt very light, but it's something, I don't know what happened. Something clicked. And I was like, there's a risk. It starts to become a responsibility to, to, be a little bit more careful with what you do. Uh, you know, and we were getting videos of of parents showing their children Maxine stuff. And, you know, that had trickled in before. But again, I just, it, it didn't really like come together uh, until really the last few years where, where things started to shoot up and, you know, bigger brands were coming for us. And, you know, we were just doing work that, that you know, in our own silly little world felt important to yeah. people. Um and and so that's you know which is how we met recently by the way so brian and i met in person 
uh, a couple months ago, I guess. At a at a we we were both creators for this one branded. Uh, yeah, do you remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was for Grubhub. Yeah, it was the first time we yeah. met. But I, I I knew you well before that. I think we, because I actually thought about this. I was like, well, if this question comes up, <laughs> uh, you know, I knew of you beforehand because you had come across uh, similar accounts like uh, like Nico, um, and I'd seen your stuff, and there was a very consistent visual style there was there was you know i'm not a big fan of the the word brand as it applies to people but there was some there was a brand there um and it was consistent and you know that's one of the things when you when you look at everybody who does this that there are certain differentiators that start to separate people from from the herd of 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 all these wonderful creatives making content uh it's that when you get a, a consistency to your your look and your tone and your visual style hi um and and you notice these little touches, like I remember, you did this. You did this little video the other day. Do I need to pick her up again? I think she might want to come up on the chair again. Let's get her up on the chair. Yeah, I feel like uh, we, we're both in the uh, we're both making wholesome work, wholesome content that I like to think brings people closer together and yeah, just makes people feel good inside. Yeah, but there, there, so there was a there was a video you made the other day where it was like showing off um, like this modular hotel room oh yeah which you could have just done a video of you showing off a modular hotel room but you did a stop motion of your feet just on the ground yeah. kind of like you know the lazy sunday video yeah and there's just those little details where you notice people like oh they're just they're just doing a little bit more just to give you a nicer experience or to do something yeah. a little cooler i'm glad you uh noticed that yeah i was you know gotta even if it's subtle just switch it up a little bit that's yeah. what i yeah, I just thought my strategy for that video, I don't know if you know how I do it. It's pretty simple. It's like uh, just time-lapse mode on my phone. And then each step I took was just a centimeter at a time. Yeah, it's incredible. So. <laughs> it's it's now that we're so oversaturated with creators, you can start to see people breaking away uh, from the herd a little bit. And she's I'm playing tug of war with Maxine, which is why my voice keeps going like that. Um, you know, you can see people breaking away in, in, in the way that they communicate or the kind of content they create. And, um, that is, it, it was just like one of those things. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> I, I like, uh, you, you have, you have skills right now, how you could, uh, do this podcast while also playing with Maxine and making sure she feels loved at the same moment. Oh, it's crazy. I would <laughs> literally do client presentations like this where below the table, yeah, I'm yeah. just trying yeah, desperately I could, I could to have tell you're a pro to have her be quiet. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, jump into qu- some questions unless wait, did we finish where you, I guess we're, uh, where did we end your story? Oh, okay. Let me, let me continue. So. We, I left the agency world to make a movie. Yes. Okay. I, I went got freelance. Maxine. We got Maxine. That wasn't working out. So I had to go back to the agency world. Um, and I went back to a, a, a place called Anchor. Um, Anchor yeah. yeah. And I worked with Anchor for a few years with, with Maxine there. And then um, actually just left a few months ago to, oh. to do this full time. Um, you know. <laughs> so what do you was, call yourself? Full time creator? Full time parent? Uh, full time I'd say yeah, right now it's pet influencer. It's it's now pet. in the process of turning into a few different things because um, we've just launched for the past year. We've been designing our own pet backpack. Um, I saw you roll in with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's right here. So it's yeah. it, that that's like one of the big things that that we've been doing. And you know, amazing. It, it's not a collaboration with the company. We're doing it ourselves. We sourced an incredible uh, design and manufacturing partner, and um, the company is called Little Chonk. 
Nice. The backpack is called the Maxine One. And <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. It's we're designing, you know, um pet backpack, small dog bag, big dog bag, and then we're gonna move into more out of home products like car seats. Very um, cool. And, and damn, I kinda wanna get a dog just so I could get one of these bags. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> incredible. And and you know, what we've always wanted to do is make a pet brand, me and, and my two partners, is we want to make a pet brand where there are people making products who are thoughtfully designing these products uh, for the way that pet parents like myself use them. Right. Because so, it's, it's, it's just crazy to me that it's, you know, the, the pet industry is really booming right now. And what's wild to me is that, I mean, can is there a brand for a pet parent that is like, oh, I have a lot of loyalty to this brand or they make products that that are really thought out. I have a car seat in, in our car that took weeks to research because I'm trying obviously to find the the best product for my dog. And I ended up buying this piece of shit from a, a company. I, I won't, won't name the company, but it's, mm-hmm. it's like this faceless, nameless company from I don't know where. And it's it's crazy to me that everything looks the same. Nothing is is really designed efficiently and thoughtfully. So there's a hole in the market and you're you're doing something about right. it. Right. So that's, you know, there there's a way I've always wanted to use the backpack. There's a way I've always wanted this backpack uh, to fit on me. Yeah. And 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 there are there's so many things that need to be protected about the pet. So Yeah, like what, what was your backpack before you designed your own? Like what were the issues with it? And so the I know ba- you mentioned the, before. Yeah. So the bag I had before, which, you know, Oh my God, Max. So the bag I had before, I've always had issues with. It's not, it, it, it's like a Jan sport with holes, you know, in, in the way that's like, it's not, it didn't feel like it was really built for my safety and comfort. And most importantly, it doesn't feel like it was built for Maxine's right. safety and comfort. Um, you know, it, it was flimsy. I didn't feel like her back was supported. I didn't feel like my back was supported. Um, you know, and this it, was a legit like dog backpack. Yeah, it was a legit dog backpack. I didn't know how to get in and out of the thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it was really difficult to use. And what I found out from speaking to literally over the years, thousands of other pet parents was these problems were very consistent among other people. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's now tugging at me. Um, so it, it was just like nobody, nobody has worn, nobody in the face of the earth has worn the pet backpack more than I have. I was wearing this thing for five, six years going to work, coming back from work, going on vacations, traveling everywhere. So Air, when we sat down, airport, air, airport uh, on airplanes, yeah. on boats, literally in every situation possible. So when, when we went to design it, it was very easy to design what, because I knew here's what needs to be included. So in what are bag. some, what are some features are you allowed to share what? Yet? Yeah. Some yeah. Of the so, uh, the, the bag has a more rigid construction to it. So when the dog sits in it, their back stays upright. Nice. And what's better about that is that uh, it, it, the construction that we put into it, it's also going to keep it more stable on your back. So as you, the human, move, your dog will not, you know, their weight won't shift from left to right. Um, getting in and out of the bag is a lot easier with, you know, we have two auto lock zippers on both sides. We have a grab handle on all four sides. So four ways that you can pick this thing up, get it on, get it off. Uh, that's a big jump compared to zero ways before. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, you know, got a neck pillow. So there's neck support for the dog. Nice. Um, and, and, and really just taking the time to look into every single material from the thread, yeah. from the zippers to the buckles. We didn't cut any corners on this cool. thing. Um, and we did a test drive in Brooklyn. We did a meet and greet. So people come out, meet Maxine, bring your dog. And it was, ooh, it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. 
And so this was the first time that we actually had people come and try the bag on. Nice. And they tried on the Maxine 1, and then we have a smaller version called the Maxine 1S. <laughs> and seeing people use this bag, I mean, it was like, I was like in shock because you can see, like, you can see the joy on their yeah. faces and, you know, they're comfortable, their dogs are happy. And, you know, that's, that's like the goal to try and unlock a, a different way to explore and experience things with, with your pet for people who want to, you know, you know, travel with their dog, hike with their dog, commute with their dog. So it's, it's really exciting. So we're in like the final stages of putting the website together. It's going to launch in December. Oh, um, so it's, it's coming, it's launching very soon. It's launching very soon. Um, uh, the, uh, by the way, there's an update on the toy. It's broken. <laughs> uh, Maxine chewed through it. Um, yeah, it, it's exciting. It's not, you know, this isn't like a product drop. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a company that we're making. Um, or sorry, it's a, it's a company that we're starting. Uh, and, and it's that very was exciting. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's just wild to be so able to a, build something. Yeah. That, that's amazing hearing your story. Like, uh, being in advertising, getting a dog, not sure. Didn't even think about if it would make sense in your already busy life. And then, all of a sudden, not only does Maxine provide you, you know, what dogs do, like love and just, support, you know. So a lot of the, the credit of, of the cool stuff that we're doing um, is, is to our current manager. And now, like, my business partner, he's become, you know, like a brother to me. When we originally spoke, I told him, Here, here's here's what we want to do. These are the things we want to do. It's not, it's, it's not about branded content for us in the long term. It's about getting involved with, with some really unique opportunities um, and, and trying to branch outside of the quote unquote influencer game of, of just doing branded stuff. Um, so top of that list was writing a kid's book with a major publisher, uh, building a product, um, and everything else, un, you know, all the little details. So literally everything it, we're doing it. Amazing. Yeah. Cause it's, these things, they're easy to say and they're not as easy to do and it's happening. Yeah. That's so. it, yeah, it's it's uh right. It's an easy thing to say and you know That's that's really exciting. I'm yeah. I'm super happy for yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's uh it's 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 crazy. Every every day I wake up, it it's always surprising. Gotta pinch yourself a little bit. Yeah, every day <laughs> is just it's it's wild. And and since becoming a full time pet influencer slash company creator slash uh author, um no looking back like are you are you, do you love having this lifestyle of i mean are you're probably working more than ever even though you don't have a nine to five anymore. yeah we're really busy i mean yeah. listen it has like everything it's right. it's pros and cons but um if not now when right it's a great great uh quote um let's jump into some questions from some people that asked through instagram and this first one is coming in from at fairy steed underscore carousel Where's your favorite place in the whole world? And I'm, a lot of these questions are directed toward Maxine, so you could speak on her behalf if you want, or you could let Maxine come up and give a couple barks. I'll ask. I'll ask. She's not going to give a couple barks. She's probably just going to whine. She's, <laughs> she's quiet right now. Um, Maxine, I'm, I'll ask for Maxine. Maxine's favorite place in the world, um, other than being with her mom and dad, is uh, uh, the beach in Truro, Massachusetts on Cape Cod. Nice. Absolutely. Just, I don't know what it is about this one beach, uh, that, uh, that, uh, a good friend of ours, um, his, uh, his father and his partner, they have a house out there. Um, uh, and you know, we're lucky enough to get invited on, on, on summer trips every That's now awesome. and again. And there's a, that beach, you know, there's a sandbar. And so she can literally walk out oh, like a wow. hundred yards and the water doesn't come past her chest and she loves it. Incredible. Yeah. 
seems, sounds like a dream. Yeah, I was in Cape Cod for a wedding, which was amazing uh, over the summer. Um, it's but it, on the way back, my one critique is we came back on a Sunday, drove oh back, boy, and how long that, that trap. It was it was like a ten hour drive. Oh yeah. So that was uh that was a lot, especially being hungover because the night before we were partying at a wedding, you know. Oh yeah. Every um, every time it's it's amazing. Yeah. And uh what best one of the best times to go to Cape Cod, Baby Dyke Weekend. What is that? Baby Dyke Weekend in Provincetown, Massachusetts oh, yeah. is one of the most incredible times that uh it it's just pure positive energy. Everybody's having a blast. It's uh, you know I love is it. there a lot of babies or what is this? What's the event? No, or, uh, it's oh. an LGBTQ event. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Baby Dyke weekend. Got, oh, baby Dyke. Okay, cool. <laughs> when, when is that? And just different sometime over the, it's some, sometime over the summer, summer thing. Okay, yeah, cool. we've, we've been we've been a few years in a row, and it's. I'll look into it. That sounds ball. awesome. <laughs> Question from at call underscore Fio: Does Maxine have more human friends or dog friends? Human friends. She doesn't have a lot of dog friends. Mm. Does she's, she get along with dogs? Or? She gets along with dogs, but, you know, she's very... All right, now I got to take it away. <laughs> she's really tearing that toy apart. Yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> this is... No more sound inside that toy, huh? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she plays with dogs, but she's very, very protective. Mm. Like, uh, you know, if I'm hanging out with her and another dog comes up, she'll get snappy. Mm. Yeah, very protective. Question from at story of Ashish. Any comment on Doge? Nope. <laughs> no comments. No. <laughs> Do you get asked that a lot? I'm sure. Yeah. There's oh, like, you know, everybody, it's people write like funny little things and you know, it's, yeah, yeah. I just, what am I, what, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. Are you into cryptocurrency at all or kind of stay away from that or? Um, we back, back when it like blew up, in 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 like 2017 uh, in pop culture is like 2018 yeah like yeah we like to be a part of you know cool stuff um especially when nfts were kind of going crazy at the beginning uh-huh. of 2020 um it's always fun to like do new things we actually we actually set out to make uh, an nft work with an incredible designer um named loud squeak out in los angeles nice. and then basically in the middle of that he made like a we got her 3d scanned we were going to make like this oh, wow. beautiful loopable Oh no! It didn't 3D happen. 3D graphic. No, it didn't happen because halfway through was when all that information came out about how environmentally awful they were. And so I did my research, and yeah, there is a literal carbon footprint to minting an NFT. And nope, can't do it. Yeah, so totally shut down that project. No, we. I pivoted after seeing so NBA Top Shot. What they do is um, I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll put those. I'm a big NBA fan. They'll, so. they'll put their NFTs inside of an infinite object, which is like it's it's almost like a, it's a screen in a glass enclosure, and you can just have it on your desk and plugged in. It'll just loop forever. So we reached out to the infinite objects people, um, and collaborated with them to make this one off. Instead of an NFT, we decided to just do one uh, infinite object. Um, and you know, we were going to raffle it off for charity, but then there's a whole bunch of legal complications with doing raffles on Instagram. So Mm. what are you going to do? It was like a year of work, but you know, we, we made a, we made a young woman in Brazil very happy who, who just so happened to win it. So, Oh wow. Yeah. Congratulations to her. Next question from at Jules underscore Starn. Do you prefer being up on your human's back or really close to the ground where you walk? She actually prefers being on my back. Every time, like sometimes I'll have her on my back. 
uh, in the house. When wow. I put, when I put the backpack on the ground and I like open it up, she walks right on top of it. Um, she she <laughs> loves it. You know, she falls asleep on my back, and you know, she likes just being really close to my head. Do you think that's unique for her to? for her to want that or prefer that or do you think that she just has it she just has an amazing backpack experience and i think i think both yeah um because like would a lot of other dogs i mean i'm, I'm sure it, especially in like new york city you know you're designing this backpack that's i feel like it's very city friendly for dogs in the city but uh yeah is there like you could see a lot of dogs preferring the backpack i think that the way that she grew up after she was done developing, mm-hmm. I would take her on the backpack literally every day. And every day she would meet people and say hi to people. And it's, it's always been a positive experience. I think yeah. it's like any anything else with, with training your dog. Um, I, every time she got in the bag, I'm, I'm giving her a treat. Yeah, uh, right. Every time she's up on my shoulder, I'm giving her a treat to kind of train her to be comfortable with, with getting in the bag. And, um, you know, it, I think it's a lot of fun for her. One, because of the motion, she falls asleep. Two, mm. she gets a lot of attention. People are, are showing her a lot of love. So it's it's constantly a You're positive, at the same level it's of a positive humans, experience. So. Yeah, and yeah. she just gets to see a lot. So I think that um, it is unique to her because I don't know another dog that spent as much time in a backpack right. a, a, as Maxine. She is the dog that spent the most time in a backpack. Right. It, it's, a, it's a part of her life that that's come with a very positive experience. Uh, and I think if you look at any dog who's good at doing anything, a trick or a show dog, it's because they're uh, taught that this is a positive experience. They're going to get rewarded. And it's, it's a bonding experience that they, that, that they share with their human. Like we've shared, I can't even imagine how many positive experiences with her in the backpack. Yeah. So I think she feels it. Um, So it's just all the, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you train your dog to sit, stand, stay in a backpack. The way you do it is the same. Yeah. Are there any certain uh, experiences that stick out for you? Like of her, you know, something that you experienced together while she was on your back, just going around the city or if, there, if there's she, one that comes to mind. Um, it, Whenever I see a child, because I know like a, like a really young child, uh-huh. um, because I know there, there, there's really no social expectation to the way that they're acting. They're doing it because, they're happy, you know, they'll point up and go dog, mom, dog. Um, and so usually stop and I'll say, you know, do you want to, do you want to pet her? And it's, I, I know it's like cheesy to say, but like, it's just fucking awesome yeah. to like make kids laugh and smile just because I have this, you know, like teddy bear in my backpack. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, and they've probably, it's probably something they haven't seen before. They, right. I mean, yeah. Right. It's a, and it's always like, you know. It's it's nice when I'm walking on the street, and and my wife has said the same thing. It's like wild to see people. Hi, hi, what? <laughs> she needs another pet. Oh, she's coming back up on the chair. Hey, Maxine. Okay, she's on my lap. Um, it's it's wild to see, like even walking in New York, how many people's faces just turn up yeah. when they see it. You know, just like a little smile, like that's super neat. You know yeah. that you're just affecting somebody. It's making a difference. Yeah. All the small things making a difference. Next question. From at real Tony Basil. How does Maxine stay so calm while being carried or when being groomed, etc.? She seems like a pretty chill well, dog. First off, how many Tony Basils are out there? 
That's what I want to know. Do you know who Tony Basil is? I have no idea. Who Tony oh. is. <laughs> I, right, I just, the, I just the love real it. Tony Basil. Official, yeah, yeah, official yeah. Tony Basil. <laughs> uh, how did I get her to stay so calm? Um, I, you know, she matches our energy a lot. Um, like one really funny thing is, you know, when our wife, when my, when my wife and I just have like a stupid argument, right, and we raise our voices, she's barking and she's going crazy, which mm-hmm. is. Which is weird. I've you know we've I've had dogs growing up. I've never seen a dog do that. Like when we're just chilling out at home and on the couch, she's on the couch. So pretty much all the time, she's matching me. Um, wow. And and she's gotten pretty used to like hearing. Like we have a cat, and if the cat ever gets in, you know comes downstairs while Maxine is uh-huh. is out of her, if the cat ever comes downstairs because they don't get along, she'll hear either me or my wife go. Oh, oh, you know she hears it. Uh, so I, I think it's just about she stays calm because I'm calm. That that that's that's what I think. Is that true? It might not be. It's what I think. Um, but I also think that we're in situations all the time that she can tell I'm relaxed, like when people are around us on the subway or it's crowded. Like there's there's pretty much no situation in which there's I'm have this heightened what would you guys what would you guys do without each other oh god i think honestly (laughs) from one jew to another i think about it every day (laughs) it's uh i think about every day you know question from at new york nico oh boy who's a good girl and then he just said kissy kissy sounds i'll just uh, no can't really respond to that just wanted to include that question in there (laughs) i bumped into him earlier on this on the street today he said you better ask that question i'm like okay fine um question from at miss becky yever out of all the pet insta accounts other than cute why do you think maxine's is popular Hmm. um yeah there i guess there's so many pet accounts out there now and a lot of people resonate with maxine's page and what you guys are doing why what makes your your page stick out more than what is what makes maxine stick out more than other dogs or pets out there slash what you guys are doing there if we're describing this to someone who hasn't seen your page before if i'm describing this yeah i I think i think i think different people are gonna get different things yeah out of it first um like people love to tell us a lot like what they like um what i think sets us apart is you know trying new creative things um keeping even though i don't think i don't think we do it consciously i think because of uh you know my film background and and spending uh how long did i spend like over 10 years in advertising it's just kind of ingrained in me in in the way to like present things um i'm struggling to come up with an answer because it's something i think about a lot and i think i could take up like hours thinking about it i think i think i think consistency um i think the creativity i think well Obviously, most importantly, I think she's a very cute dog. Um, And, you know, one thing that that I've always wanted. One thing I think is the most special part about her, she feels like a cartoon character to me. I I don't know if that comes across to other people, but she feels like a cartoon character in a way that um, she's got a very expressive face. So when we would do posts of pictures and put like a movie quote to it, it was always very easy to put an emotion on the image yeah so i think because she has a this kind of fully formed persona that 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 people are into that 
that's a guess. I don't know if that's true, but yeah. in 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 my mind, I think the if I could put it at the top, the biggest thing is she feels like a cartoon character. Yeah, and I'd say the consistency is huge too. Like you, you're on top of it with posting about her constantly, which is hard thing to do. It's hard. And yeah, yeah, because people want to keep tuning in. They want more and more. And, right. Yeah. It, it's changed a little bit since since we started. You know, you gotta you gotta like now people are going viral every day, like a million times a day. So you have to like constantly keep churning the bangers out. Yep. You know, absolutely. Uh, It's tough. It is tough. Question from at T Shannon 09. What's your favorite treat? Cheerios. Is that you or Maxine? That's that's Maxine. (laughs) Cheerios. Yeah, it's Cheerios. We did a, um, that, that was something that, that we got from uh, our breeder. That she was like, you know, training, use uh, use unflavored Cheerios. And that's just something we've always done. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a, uh, that was, I think, one of the first viral videos we made. It was me and a buddy in Brooklyn one afternoon. He's a cinematographer. Uh-huh. Um, his name is Owen Lavelle. He's extremely talented. Now he oh. shoots feature films. Um, and we just got a bunch of shots of Maxine just being cute. Yeah. And then I cut it together, wrote a script, put that script up on Voices.com, which for anybody who needs... Very good, fast voiceover work, voices.com or voices123, any one of those. So we threw it up on there. Just hired a voice actor through that? So I'm getting all these submissions, and this wasn't even something that was going to be posted online. I I just wanted to do it to, like, make something private. Because I think think at the time I was trying to build up my directing reel. So I was like, oh, this will just be, like, a private thing, um, and I'll pay a voiceover actor to allow me to use it privately. And one of the submissions came from a gentleman named John St. John. John St. John is the voice of Duke Nukem. And he did the most incredible read of this 30-second spot. And I reached out to him. I was like, please, can I put this online? (laughs) And it got staff picked on Vimeo. It played uh, the 2018 TED conference because they program short films in between all the speaker sets. Nice. Um, And I've kept a relationship with this guy for years now. Uh, and it, it was just, it was just crazy well, watching, shout, watching people go nuts for this video. Shout out voices.com. Where can we find this uh, video? Um, it's on Vimeo. It's on our account. It starts off, uh, you know, just like a nice cinematic shot. It goes, this is Maxine. And it's a, uh, it's 30 seconds. If you, if you Google Maxine, the fluffy Corgi on Vimeo, it'll be fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just, it's the one that staff picked. It's, I, I think it's like the best thing we've awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So I got to check that out yeah. after this episode question from at Sophia share what's the best part about being a cute corgi in new york city well i don't know how to answer that because i'm not it's it's always funny it's always funny when people ask questions with you know for maxine because it's like well what do you what do you think her best part i mean she's she's got seems like she's got some pretty great parents and situation happening where i think she i think she's to have all these amazing life experiences seeing yeah. the world in a different way than most dogs yeah i would say so. she's she's very lucky in that regard yeah. um she she does get to experience a lot of a lot of really cool shit do you think she uh does she have any awareness that she knows she's a uh, you know a little famous i like or, to think so it's yeah. a part of her personality i like yeah. to think so but in reality probably not yeah <laughs> uh Question from at van.sen88. Does Maxine sleep in bed with her parents or does she have another sleeping spot? She sleeps in her crate. Uh, our cat Jeff gets to sleep on the bed with us. <laughs> Jeff, that's a great name for a cat. G-E-O-F-F. G-E-O-F-F. We were watching Food Network at the time and 
we got Jeff and we named him after uh, Iron. Is, Je- is Jeffrey Zakarian an Iron Chef? I'm not sure. Top Chef? But... Top Chef? I don't, I don't know. Okay. There's something. But named after him. N- named after Jeffrey cool. Zakarian. So is, we went with the Jeff GEO. a good chef? The cat? The cat? Yeah. No, he's got a little mustache. He's super cute. Very wow. soft. Very wow. soft. You you have soft animals in your <laughs> que- Okay, we're in the we're in the final stretch here, and this question is coming in from at Kimchi the Corgi. This is another Oh Kimchi. Love Kimchi. Kimchi the Corgi. How do you keep your fluff so gorgeous? Asking for a fluffy. Uh so what's the strategy here? The strategy for this is at home grooming? Shiro. At Dogma on Seventh Avenue is our secret weapon. Ah. So if you have a dog that's got some hair, shout out to Shiro at Dogma. Go see him. He's got a long waiting. I mean, top notch work. Wow. Question from at KKOTNIM underscore. Oh, man. Or it's so fun cot- watching you read these. Yeah. It's, let's see. Cottonim underscore. Let me just say it that way. Hi, Max. My question is, how do you manage your booty? So Max has a great, you know, he has a great walk. He has a great, you know. Yeah, sorry. Whoa, bro. I messed that up. I was just, I was just, yeah. I was looking at you and I said, yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, when did you realize that Max could walk the walk and people would love his butt when his... uh, (laughs) Jeremy. Her (laughs) butt. You know, I'm my, getting my, nervous. My, I'm talking about butts on my podcast. My mother does the same thing. It drives me nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. So how, her, how did I know her, she can do her it? Her butt, yeah. How did, oh, her butt? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't I don't even know. When, when we did you start doing the butt content? Oh, her, butt content came yeah. very early. Yeah. She had a very rotund tush mm-hmm. since birth. Um, And it was just, it's just funny. Yes. Yeah. It's just like good, just wholesome dog content. dog with a fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> And this last question from at Synthagram. Do you have any meet and greets planned for December? Uh, we do have some meet and greets planned for December, mm-hmm. but those are going to be all in New York. And the fun thing is, I think in February or March, probably early next year, we're going to hit the road and we're going to start hitting some some more parts of the country. Um We've been like dropping hints at that for a while. It's something that I've always wanted to do. We have the yeah. chance to do it. And now um, with the backpack coming out. Yeah, because we talked like, to so many people who are like, oh, we're doing another meet and greet in New York. And, you know, people in Tennessee and South Carolina are like, come on, bro, come on, yeah. just go somewhere else. So I'm I'm excited. We're going we're gonna to do a countrywide tour and just try and share Maxine with as many people as possible. That's amazing. Great way to start off 2022. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting. So yeah, I was, I was about to end it with, I, I want to hear if you have anything to plug or shout out, but it sounds like that's something that you want to share. Anything else you want to share to anyone listening of what's next for you and Maxine? No, what's next? Uh, launching the backpack. Mm-hmm. Well, this is coming out when? This will be coming out in two days and Wednesday morning. Is when these Wednesday come out. morning. So so we're going to do the backpack launch in December. And Max, we're almost done. Honey. Um, we're doing the backpack launch in December. And then 2022 is is going to start fast and furious. Um, it's going to be a lot of backpack stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a tour. Um, we're going to book, which we haven't told many people about. Uh, that's pretty exciting. My wife and I are actually writing a children's book with a major publisher, which awesome. that's as much as I can say. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to be dropping hints about that in the next few months which is you know that's something that my wife and i've always wanted to do um and we've always wanted to like do it right do it on on 
a big scale with a major publisher right. and you know we're so taking our time with it you're gonna kind of like focus on that right after this tour i'm assuming but still like working on it in the meantime all at the same time all baby at the same all time. at the same oh, time man. when it rains it pours when it rains it does pour indeed yeah Damn. Well, yeah that, that's awesome and yeah cool so i'll be staying tuned for that maybe i'll come to your meet in tennessee why not you yeah. know <laughs> exactly we'll, we'll definitely be doing a stop in nashville for sure cool. awesome awesome yeah Cool. And then for anyone who's listening and hasn't found your page yet or anything, where, where can we all find you? So Instagram, Mad Max underscore Fluffy Road. TikTok, Mad Max Fluffy Road. And actually, I think that's it. Yeah. Or just on the streets with... Or Matt. on the streets. Find us yeah. on the train. Yeah. On you know, people train. hit us up sometimes, ask us what train we take. I'm sorry. We're never going to answer that yeah, question. That's, yeah, that's just a little bit too much information. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, Brian, Maxine, thank you so much for coming through on the pod. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And for everyone tuning in, thanks so much for listening. And this is the season two finale. So thanks for sticking with us all these episodes. Really appreciate the listens. I hope if you're listening to this, have a great day. Have a happy holidays. Remember to stay hydrated and drink water. And I'll see you soon. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A Shishkin Productions podcast.